Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underappreciated. I'm hosting this week. My name is Alice Oliver and we're getting romantic this week as this is our Valentine's Day special. So let's see what we've got in store for you. So then, Josh, like I said, happy Valentine's Day, sort and of. To before you, this, after this, was it yesterday or is it, it tomorrow? It will come out. Uh, this will come out, and it's not live. I think we can. I think we can let people know that uh, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. It's Valentine's, oh, it's Day, Valentine's tomorrow. Day tomorrow. So well, we hope you'll have a nice Valentine's one. Happy Valentine's Day for hey. tomorrow. All so you course, lovers out there, all you lovers out hey. there, listening to us, and that's lovely in itself. So we have a very special romantic film for you Ooh. today, and it was picked by Josh, and it's Crazy Stupid Love yes. from 2011. So Josh, tell us what is the film about, and why did you pick it? So the film essentially is the story of different people and their love stories sort of thing. So you've got Steve Carell and his wife, Julianne Moore. They split up at the start of the film and this triggers a sort of rags to riches, ugly duckling type story for Steve Carell, who meets Ryan Gosling. Uh, at the same time, Ryan Gosling meets a, a young lady played by Emma Stone, um, who he falls in love with. And she teaches him to be, you know, not shallow and the real meaning of love. Uh, and all at the main time, you've got other little side stories about their kids, uh, Steve Carell and Julianne Moore's kids and stuff like that. There is a twist as well. So spoiler warnings um, if you if you don't want to know what the twist is. I won't reveal the twist yet, but we will talk about it later. Um, so that's what it's about. Why did I pick it? So obviously because it was Valentine's Day, I wanted to pick a film that um, was perfect for this time. Um, <laughs> last year we put it up to the listeners. Uh, and this year I had this on my list for a while and I thought, you know what? This is, this is a perfect one for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think it's, looking at the ratings, I don't think it's necessarily underrated. Maybe marginally, but that's probably skewed by the fact that I have a lot of affection for this film. I do think it's slightly underseen. I think it was pretty successful, relatively speaking, for this genre of film when it came out. But I'm not sure that many people are going back now that this is sort of more than more than 10 years old. And I think, and I'd be interested, really interested to know what you think about this, but I think that this is a pretty pitch-perfect rom-com. I'd say it's probably up there for me as the perfect rom-com. Wow. That along, you know, along with, let's say, let's take when Harry and Sally is red and then this. So obviously we never talked about this before we record. Had you seen this before? So Ollie informs me that I had seen it before, (laughs) but as you know, Josh, and and I think I have mentioned it to you before listeners as well. um, There was a, a long period of time in my life where I was drunk a lot of the time 
And in that time, I watched many, many films, a lot of which I don't really remember. So I know I've seen a lot of films that I don't really remember. And I think this was one of them because Ollie right. was so, he was like, we've definitely watched this together. So I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I'll take your word for it. But I did remember the twist. So I did yes, know that going in. So a, that it, wasn't a surprise. It's quite a sort of gifable video fight twist really mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah so so you sort of had seen it before but not really yeah so it sort of I had, I had a vague idea of what it was about but i couldn't remember you know specific elements specific plot points that sort yeah. of thing so for yeah. me mostly it did feel like a new experience yeah, yeah, yeah. so for you then so t- you say you've got a lot of affection for this film so yeah. tell me a bit about your relationship with it so, yeah, so, I mean, do you watch it, it regularly or what's the deal i wouldn't i wouldn't say i watch it like on the on the reg you know i probably watch it every couple of years or so mm. uh, it's been on my list for this podcast sort of since it's been on this list for a while yeah. and I've always been meant, meant to come to it and, I, and I've never really put that thing of going, oh, actually, Valentine's Day could be a perfect mm. one for Valentine's Day. So time. so there's no real story. I just watched it when it came out and really enjoyed it. Mm. And that's about it, really. I always think of this film as love actually for grown-ups but not set at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, That's what I always think of it, even though it's not. it's got far fewer characters. Um, yes. It is an ensemble cast, but you're talking an ensemble cast of like six people or something like that. Four mm. main ones and then a couple of other sort of secondary characters. Um, so, yeah, so I do have a lot of affection in this film. I think just because I really, really like I really, really like it. I really like the way it's written. I think it's what the main thing I, I think the point I want to make about this film, apart from the fact that I just like it, is a lot of rom-coms either go too much rom or bad com. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and I think this gets the balance spot on. It is yeah. so romantic, but also genuinely funny. And other than there's probably the odd one if I went and sat through a list, but other than when Harry met Sally, I can't think of another film that is as funny and as romantic at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, having watched it then for the first time, mm-hmm. I'm dying to know because part of me thinks you'll hate it, part of me thinks you'll think it's a lot of cliched rubbish, but also yeah. I know that you like you, you. You got a little. There's a soft spot in there. There's a. There's a. There's a. Is there? You know, in there, there's, there a, Josh? there's a heart. There? I, I, I know can't it, find there must it. be something. I don't you, you know, know where it is. You at least got married and pregnant, so <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be some. <laughs> there's something there, deep right? down buried inside, um, and I think maybe that might have touched it, or you hated it. I'm not sure. What did you think? So, I really liked it. I really oh, liked yes. it. I thought in so just my sort of general overview is it's fun, it's funny, it's sexy, and it was oh, just so easy to watch. Yeah, like it was predictable, but without feeling boring. Mm. I think the opening sequence is really strong in particular, and you get your character establishment and a disequilibrium in a very short space of time, and it really sets you up for just a good film. And it was just overall a really positive viewing experience like mm. i was watching it and i was just like i'm enjoying this i would yeah. watch this again like i would just definitely great, watch it, it again it's just solid yeah yeah and i completely agree with what you said about the rom-com balance and about mm. sort of get getting that balance right and not veering sort of too far one way or the other and even though i don't know it was like some of it was like cheesy but not in an annoying way yeah so so i yeah. think it does uh, does some great things in this film around subversion of genre so you think about last valentine's day when we did you've got mail i would say that's far more rom than com mm-hmm. you spend the whole thing 
lovely film. You feel warm and fuzzy, all that. You want them to get together. But I couldn't tell you a moment in You've Got Mail that made me like laugh out loud. That's not to say they weren't there, but it, it's not lasted long in the memory. Whereas I know there's several moments in this film that I will always laugh at. So mm-hmm. when, for example, so when the twist is revealed, so if you really, really don't want to know the twist, you're probably not listening anyway, but I'll skip forward and then the twist will probably be covered in our Patreon section as well. But essentially, you don't know in this film that Emma Stone is Julianne Moore and Steve Carell's daughter. Mm-hmm. And they do a really good job of hiding that way. You think she is just another character. Yeah, and hiding it, but also giving you the clues. Giving you the clues. The yeah. fact that she sort you know, she was, I know, I know they're not related in life, but she sort of looks like she could be their daughter. Mm. Um, Calling her Nana. Nana, as well. they and keep she's saying, called Hannah. Need to tell Nana and all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that they talk about the fact that they, their, their lives didn't really get going because they got pregnant so young mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's sort of why they're feeling unfulfilled in, in certain ways, particularly Julianne Moore's character. But the bit where Kevin Bacon turns up and says something like, you've left your, st- your sweater. And he goes, who are you? And he says he's mm-hmm. David Lindhagen. And Ryan Reynolds just takes his ring off. Yeah, I laugh crikey, at that yeah. <laughs> every time. Or the bit yeah. where the police officer says something like, keep it in the family. Mm. And he just giggles. He does like a little... <laughs> mm. <laughs> makes me laugh every single time. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's funny. Really good subversion of genre and audience expectations. So you've got, you know, you've got your quintessential, she's all that ugly duckling mm-hmm. story, but it's with a middle-aged bloke. Mm-hmm. You've got that sort of insecure character who needs to be loved. Again, it's with a bloke though. So there's bits in this where I was trying to write what I might not like about it. And there's, you know, there's the odd bit, which we'll come back to. But I even was writing things like, God, Ryan Gosling's character is a bit of a prick, isn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he sort of realized, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. And the point is, yeah. he is a bit, of, he's like essentially keeping the world at arm's length because he's so insecure. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else then? What else did you think? So I think the cast and the performances are great. So you said a couple of times before that when you see a certain actor's or director's name, you get that feeling that you're in safe hands, right? Mm. And that is how I felt with this. So Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Steve Carell, Kevin Bacon, and Julianne Moore. And I think before this, if you'd have shown me those actors' names on a piece of paper and said, they're going to be in a film together, I would have been like, hmm, okay then, I guess we'll see how this goes. But it just totally works. And I think what we get from Ryan Gosling and his character is quite interesting. And a lot of what you just said then like it does seem in general like he's so as an actor Ryan Gosling has to deal with what you would traditionally expect a lot of very attractive female actors to deal with which is regularly being cast for the same old roles because of how you look and they're usually roles that don't require a great deal from you and for most of this film that is kind of what it's like for Ryan like we get some proper lingering shots of his naked torso and during the sex scene the camera feels very much more focused on him as opposed to on Hannah but you get the odd moment from him that hints that there's a little something more going on with his character so There's the sequence where, so Hannah and Jacob are lying in bed together. I think they were sort of, they're about to have sex, but then they didn't get round to it. So they just end up talking and talking and talking all night sort of thing. And I can't remember exactly what they're talking about, but it's certain about him staying up really late at night to do something or collect something. And Hannah's like, well, why would you do that? And he sort of laughs it off and goes, oh, because I'm desperately unhappy. So I like that we get this kind of vulnerability from him because at the beginning of the film, like you say, he does display 
like what you would class as like this toxic masculinity behavior. Like when he's telling Cal, oh, you just need to take what you want. And like he places a lot of value on masculine qualities and upholding his manhood in air quotes. And then he convinces Cal that the reason Emily left him was because he stopped being masculine and lost his manhood and all mm. this, which is obviously just such a vague concept anyway. But then when you dig a little deeper, you get to know him a bit more and it's like, oh no, you're just, you're afraid, you're lonely, insecure. you're insecure. Yeah. And so it just, it, it softens all that, doesn't it? It's like all, all these things. And that, sorry, that's what, that's what I'm talking about when, when they play on your expectations. Because when they have yeah. that scene where you think they're going to get together and probably sleep together and all that, they do that sort of rom-com thing of being like, oh, I know what happens in the sort of PG-13 version of this is I have a little bit too much to drink and rather than us sleeping together, um, you put me to bed and you know, put or oh, put me on the sofa, put a blanket mm-hmm. over me, kiss me on the head, and that's that. And I wake up a bit embarrassed in the morning and all that. And we've seen that story played out so many times. Whereas what actually happens is that does happen, but it's Ryan Gosling's character that does it. Mm-hmm. He he essentially takes his armor off for her because he starts to fall for her, and then he's the one who falls asleep and then reveals how insecure he is. Whereas normally what you've got is, and we've seen it so many times, usually in these films. Big city girl, career driven. I must mm. be the best. Blah 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 blah. And then, like you say, meets a guy. It's you know, it's the old. We've all seen it. Family Guy have done it. The Simpsons have done it. That thing of like, well, I'm going to solve all your problems, but I'm a guy, so it's you know. And then Coldplay plays or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, so I really like that they that they inverted that. And mm-hmm. again, they had you go. Oh, this guy's he's a bit of a pig. He's a bit of a player. Mm-hmm. And actually, you realise you know he is obviously promiscuous, but it's it's for a reason and, it, and actually you never see him you see him take them out of the bar i suppose but you never really see what happens next yeah yeah exactly so yeah really enjoyed his character and he, you know decent character development in there yeah. as well so i think the music and the score in this is excellent right so whenever we're in the bar it, they, we get this like jazzy, sexy, sleek music that's always playing, and it's only instrumentals, and they never, they, it's never like blaring pop songs or whatever over the speaker. It's just always this really jazzy score, and mm. it just works so well with the scenes and adds so much. And then the songs that you do get that form the soundtrack as well just work really great and work so well with the film. Mm. So do you do you know what I mean? Like I don't know if you know, yeah, yeah. Every so time like you walk into the bar. There's a really good use of Ooh La La by Golf Rap, mm. um, which I think is, is a banging after song. He's, after he's had sex with, it, is it? Is when, it with no. um, Marissa Tomei. Oh, it is Marissa um, Tomei, yeah. yeah it's, it's when, um, yeah, so it's when it's like, it, it sort of sk- skims around the bar showing him talking to all different women on different dates. Yeah. And it uses, which obviously I, I can't use in the podcast, but you'll know it if you hear it, if you put it into any any music service, golf, rap, ooh la la, but it's a great use of a song and it's a great song. It's a very cinematic song, that. Mm. Um, or I think it is anyway. Um, so yeah, I know what you mean. Really great use of music. You don't notice the music, so there's not that sort of warm wash of music telling you how to feel. No, sort not of all. thing. Um So no, completely agree there with the music and some great songs in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was really impressed because sort of after the third or fourth time that we are in the bar and I was like, oh, it's that, it's that again. There's that sort of that jazzy that just sort of in the background kind of quite sexier. And I was like, I really appreciate that because it would be so easy. And I know a lot of films do this to just take a song, you know, pop songs, big, you know, famous songs. And that's so why I appreciate the effort that they went to, to mm, create mm. what I assume is perhaps an original score for that. And so just finally, I want to talk about my favorite moment in this film. And it, it's, 
it might go down as one of my favorite moments in oh, any film ever, right? Well, I want to, I want to see first. Can you guess what it might be? Um There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Which character is it to do with? It's to do with Steve Carell and Julianne Moore. Is it where he just gets out the car? No, no that's, that is good. Or uh, is it possibly the car. bit where they go to the teachers and they sort of they're still joking with each other even though they split up? No, no. Okay, we, one we last could, one. Is, right, it where one last he, is it where he's on the phone to about the pilot light and the boiler? That's exactly it. Yeah, yes. that's it. That's it. You got yes. there. Yeah. You got there in the end, right? So there's a sequence in it, listeners, if you've not seen it, where Emily, that's Julianne Moore's character, phones Carl, that's Steve Carell's character, and she's pretending to be in the basement and pretending to be having problems with the pilot light, but it's obvious that she she just wants to speak to him. She just yeah. wants to hear his voice over the phone sort of thing as they're going through this breakup. But he's in the garden for, for for reasons. He's been like sneaking in to do the gardening just so that David, garden, so that, basically, isn't he? He's yeah, just, just yeah. it's so that Kevin Bacon's character doesn't have to help <laughs> with the gardening Lindhagen. sort of thing. David Lindhagen, exactly. And the conversation that they have while they're on the phone is so beautifully written, and it's one of those moments where what the characters are saying is quite bland. It's just like this weird small talk and doesn't really mean anything. But the way that they're saying it and the situation that they found themselves in just creates so much meaning between the two of them. And you really feel the weight of their relationship and those 25 years and the three kids all in that moment. And I just mm. loved it so much. Some of my favourite and what I think are the most impactful romantic moments in films and TV are ones that don't necessarily seem that romantic on the surface. And another example that I thought of is Megan Mullally and Mark Evan Jackson's characters in The Kings of Summer, yeah, when they're point, just yeah. 
when they're just talking to each other about what salad they got in that day. And it's like, it's the way they speak to each other just makes it come across like these are two people who completely know each other and who just get each other 100%. And I just thought it was beautiful. Like I was watching it and I was like, I love this. And I think because he can see her and she doesn't know it, Mm. she's so vulnerable in that moment. Like it's so real. And it's so satisfying for him as well. Yeah, exactly. It's a yeah, little, obviously no, it's, it's a little bit creepy. Maybe uh, you know, removing all the context, he's in the garden watching her. She doesn't know or whatever. But but he is only in the garden trimming it. like trimming the roses. He doesn't know she's going to phone him. That's true. He's not there to spy. Really, no, he's there because he? he's dead proud of his garden. Yeah, yeah. He just he doesn't <laughs> want anyone else touching his garden. But no, that's a really good point. It is impeccably well written. It's written by Dan Fogelman, who he then went on after this to write a series, a sort of a drama called This Is Us. Um, which was really, really successful, particularly successful in the States. wasn't as successful, successful over here, but it was successful. And I watched the first sort of two, two, two series of that, I think, and really got into it. But then I can't remember why I stopped watching. Either time got away with me or it got taken off a streaming service or something like that. But if you like sort of emotional, character-driven telly, probably is for you because it really is just it's just about a family it's very very emotional though it's like almost geared to make you cry each episode oh god that oh sort of thing so so it depends what you're into but if you like this that probably is uh worth a look mm. so those are the main things for me so was there anything else you liked about this We've touched on it there mostly. I mean, the script's great. Um, the main thing for me is that balance between romance and comedy. I think it's perfect. All the characters are really... I wouldn't necessarily feel like real characters, but they all feel well-balanced and feel likeable. Um, that, that subversion of genre we talked about already with that Ugly Duckling story and the Ryan Gosling stuff as well. It's really feel-good as well. You know, you come out mm. of it sort of wanting to punch the air in a little bit as well. Mm. Like you say, great cast. I, re- I love Steve Carell. He plays an excellent everyman in this, and he, he is mm. probably the sort of emotional heart of the film i mean like you say it is really sexy it's that's mainly down to the fact that as we've already seen in la la land emma stone and ryan gosling my god they have chemistry we'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change and i don't think there's going to be loads here but you know we're very we're sensible level-headed people we know the format of the podcast so go on josh what you got for me I struggled a little bit with this because, like I say, I do really like this film. Because, but again, you know, part of me is tempted to say Ryan Gosling's character is a bit of a dick, but it's sort of a point, and he does change and go on a journey, as you will. Yeah, yeah, he does. I suppose the two points is one, and I don't know if I'm just nitpicking here, is I really struggle to believe that Steve Carell wouldn't know that was his son's teacher. But then I suppose if she's only his English teacher for that year, thing is, all my schools had like the same teachers so i suppose all my parents knew all the teachers from being being in year seven but anyway so there's that the only the big thing i think the big thing is i i do think they could have given julianne more more to do Mm -hmm. more for more more for more for julianne more um because she is sort of you know she has the inciting incident of the film and then there's a little bit of hinting around why she felt so unfulfilled and unhappy Mm -hmm. but actually there's not that much and she doesn't really get that much of a resolution Mm-hmm. There's a sort of a, she learns to love herself a bit and a bit of a, they might get back together, but it never says that they do or that they will 
mm. unequivocally. So I think you could have been, I think you could be forgiven to thinking that her character is just sort of there to mm. have the inciting incident and again to be, you know, a bit of a bitch because she cheated on him or whatever. But I think we could have had more emotional depth from her character. Not loads, but a little bit more. But that's about it for me. I mean, what what do you think of that and what, what did you not like about it? So yeah, I definitely think that there could have been more to see from uh, Emily, so Julianne Moore's character, because you sort of, we get a bit of a hint at it because there's a moment where she's trying to have a conversation with Cal about why the, the why the marriage has failed. Like she's trying to sort of offload her feelings and sort of explain to him and actually engage him in a conversation about it. And he just keeps talking about the garden. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, yeah, no, like you've got to make denial. sure you... You've got to make sure you've watered this. And Is that when he's got, got the sure van? You... He's got the van full of stuff, and he's he's going to back it out. That bit, isn't uh, it? possibly, yeah. But and he just keeps talking about the garden, and she's like, she's there clearly trying to actually have the conversation with him, and it's like, well, th- there's a window of opportunity there for him to actually sort of show up emotionally for yeah. that and actually have yeah, yeah, yeah. that uncomfortable conversation because. A lot of the feeling that I get about why the marriage broke down is that he doesn't want to have those conversations. So yeah. she's probably felt like she can't really confide in him. She can't really sort of talk to him about the things that she is genuinely concerned about, whether it's to do with her, the relationship or the kids or whatever. So you get a bit of sort of his emotional immaturity in that, I think. But yeah, but we could have dove a bit deeper into that because yeah, because you don't want it to be like, oh, she just cheated on him, she's the bitch, it's all her fault sort of thing, because it, it's not that black and white. And I think and the, whole... and the film is better than that. Yeah. You know, yeah, there are definitely. other films where she's just cheated on him and she's a bitch. Mm. But I think this film, with its depth and its script, is better than that. Mm. She's cheated on him for a reason. Mm. And he's pushed her away as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, I definitely agree with that. For me, so that I mean, there's no major offenders with this in terms of what I didn't like. There's just a couple of moments and like a couple of things that happened that I didn't really like how they were handled, mm. sort of either by the film or by the characters. So you've got Liz, right, who's one of Hannah's friends, and she seems really intent on getting Hannah to cheat on her boyfriend, <laughs> which does suck a bit. Like it would be a bit more tolerable if she just kept trying to get her to break up with her boyfriend, but yeah. she seems totally fine with the idea of Hannah cheating on him so this wasn't great behavior and it wasn't ever really called out i don't think and then a little bit further along in the story hannah gets it into her head that a boyfriend's going to propose to her and then when he doesn't she seems furious about it breaks up with him and then immediately goes to fuck jacob who's ryan gosling's character (laughs) and it just seemed a little bit strange that so she apparently uh, one minute loves her boyfriend so much that she's desperate for him to propose and she seems like she's going to say yes and wants mm. to say yes. And then when it turns out that that's not what's happening, she drops him immediately. And like the idea that her boyfriend feels the need to maybe take some time to think about their relationship and assess, you know, where they're headed and if they're on the same page, this is dressed up as like a really negative thing. Whereas mm. to me, it, that feels really responsible and forward thinking. And like, he doesn't want to just jump into something that is a lifelong commitment that changes your life forever and it just feels like a bit like the film is punishing him for not just deciding on the spot that he needs to marry her Mm. even though she's clearly lusting after this other man the whole time based on her actions after they break up so all that was a little bit weird um I think Cal's advice to his son about chasing your soulmate no matter what <laughs> and never asking. giving up, well, it's yeah. quite unhealthy messaging, in yeah. my opinion. Like, if the other person isn't interested, just stop. Please just stop. Like, don't just keep pushing and pushing. And I think this is presented 
in like quite a cute and romantic way and like it's like oh yeah you know you just you keep trying and true love will happen or whatever and I'm just not into it so I could have done without that and then just finally um when the 17 year old babysitter gives the 13 year old boy <laughs> she's babysitting naked photos of herself weird gross possibly illegal I hated it I, yeah. I it was gross it was such a weird way to end the film it, yeah, it is a bit weird, that, to be honest. Yeah. I know what they're getting at, and it's sort of meant to be a little bit of tongue-in-cheeky, sort of wink and a nod. But, yeah, she's, she's sort of like one step away from statutory there, isn't she, sort it's, of thing. Um, could, just could have done without and it. Then, just done without know, it. Th- think of it this way. If you reverse the sexes, <laughs> is that okay? No. Go to jail. Yeah. Go to jail. <laughs> yeah. Do not pass go. Do not collect £200. Um, do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, no, I, I'll, take, I'll take that on board, and I think that's an element of... Well, it's just one of those things. It's not, per- it isn't perfect. Probably an element of the time as well. Um, but yeah, you got to take those on the chin, I think. We'll move on now then to the critical reception. Ooh. And have a look if we think this film might be underrated. You said at the beginning you think it might be a little bit underrated, but you think it might be a little bit underseen as well. So, yeah. I haven't seen it. I mean, this is. This is doing all right, isn't it? Like you, I think we yeah. just you look at who's in it. It's well written. It's a well made film. I don't think this is getting any lower than a seven. Um, I reckon it probably got. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go bang in the middle with the sevens and say it got seven a seven point five or a seventy five. Oh. And I would, I'd probably give it a little bit higher than that. Okay. I'd probably go. Mm, yeah, Maybe high sevens, yeah. Maybe just touching I'd, an eight. I'd, but... I'd agree with that. I'd give it an yeah. eight. You know, I think this is this is a you know this is a, it's a solid, well written, well acted rom com that mm-hmm. is really well balanced. Um, okay, so at the time of recording over at IMDb, you, you've quite you're quite accurate actually. IMDb gives it seven point four out of ten. Oh, here we are. Rotten Tomatoes. It's really close on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience give it mm-hmm. seventy eight, and the critics give it seventy nine. Oh, wow, um, there so you that. Go. That averages out at 7.7 out of 10. So for me, it is, you know, it's smunderated. Yeah. It's smidge underrated. I'm with you. Um, Turns a box office. uh, Well, actually, before we go to the boxes, what what say you? Are we happy with smunderated? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because it is is just good. It is just good. It's just good, good, isn't it? It is. Um, and then in terms of box office then, so, you know, according to the box office mojo, it had a worldwide gross of $145 million, oh, yeah. which is really decent if you consider it probably wasn't made for loads of money. A lot yeah. of the cast, whilst they are massive now, weren't like absolutely huge. Not I think that, massive, you know, yeah. Emma Stone certainly wasn't. Ryan Gosling probably wasn't. I'd say the biggest name in it was probably Steve Carell at the time, maybe mm-hmm. even Julianne Moore. I'm not, you know, mm. I'm not I'm not too sure. But they all obviously if you made this now, you'd probably be double that easy, especially off the back of like Barbie and 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 La La Land and stuff like that. So it made that, but I have to wonder if it made that because of when it was released. So in terms of the box office gross, obviously I wouldn't turn my nose of 145 million quid, don't get me wrong. But I would say I think more people should seek it out now because I think it aged pretty well, um, apart from yeah. the odd thing we've touched on. And I think it really is, like I say, I think it's a pitch-perfect rom-com. Yeah, and I think a terrific Valentine's Day film. Yeah, I think so. So I'll tell you what then, is this better or would you rather watch this on Valentine's Day or You've Got Mail? Oh. Or that little double bill? I I mean, a terrific double bill. But no, (laughs) I think, I do think this. I think I was just, I was happy 
I'm not, I'm not usually happy. <laughs> I was just happy when I was watching it. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. just enjoying myself. Yeah. So, yeah, I reckon this. But You've Got Mail is still great. And yeah. if you haven't seen that, and if you haven't heard our episode on You've Got Mail, you can still catch it now wherever you get your podcasts. Indeed. But that's also that's also a banger of a rom-com as well. But, yeah, I reckon Crazy Stupid Love, I, I could watch. I could watch it again now. In fact, I might. Okay, there we go. Another Valentine's Day episode in the bag. Smunderated and smunder scene. Um, Alice, it's your turn to pick next week. Oh, what are we going to be watching and talking oh, about to follow Crazy Stupid Love? So I, I'm going to have to brace myself. I don't know if you will, listeners and Josh, and I, I can't believe I'm doing this to myself, but oh, Jesus. this has been on my list for a while and oh, the time God. has come. Oh, no. So for next week, we're going to be watching The Blair Witch Project. Okay, The Blair Witch Project. Okay, mm-hmm. no problem. Okay, so join us next week when we're going to be talking about The Blair Witch Project and see how that goes. Will it go as well as Crazy Stupid Love or not? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, if you'd like to get in touch with us in the meantime, it's films on that part of gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for Just Films and that on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, X, Twitter, YouTube as well, we're on there. Uh, we're on Patreon as well. If you head into the episode description notes and click the link, uh, that'll take you to our Patreon page if you're interested in getting ad free extended episodes um with early access then tiers start from a pound a month and any support you give us will be massively appreciated we're also on the television as well aren't we alice we are indeed every friday from 6 p.m you can catch us on the local tv networks so what that means is if you live in birmingham bristol leeds liverpool or the northeast of england you can find us on channel 7 on freeview or if you live in north wales or south wales you can find us on channel 8 on freeview and i'm also uploading all the episodes onto daily motion so if yes Scoot on over there and type in just films and that. You'll be able to see exactly what it is we're up to. Yes, indeed. Lots of ways to see us, hear us and get in touch with us. But as ever, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.